Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Uh, in front of me, Molly Cider. What a great name, Cider with an S though. So um, just bear that in mind when you're typing the domain in, in later. So hi, Molly, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. And I know you're in Chicago, but it doesn't look too windy there. So it's obviously a good day there, is it? Um, It's been very strangely warm this winter. Um, oh. I don't know what's going on, but I'll take it. We're all doomed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thanks for joining us today and spending time talking about resilience and all sorts of other things. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about who you are. What is this that you do? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I love that you talk about resilience. It's so important. Um, so I sort of grew up as a little kid. I was really shy. I was very attached to my mom. And I think because of that, I was often told that I wasn't smart um, by people who I really looked up to. Um, And I believed them because why wouldn't I? Because I was a kid and I believed the people I looked up to. Um, And so I, um, you know, created this story and I would like, I would be afraid to ask questions in school. Um, I would think like, well, surely if I don't, you know, if no one else is asking the question, everyone else must already know the answer, right? I'm the only person who must not know um, the answer to this question. And, you know, I I would, I remember like, I would like pretend to laugh at jokes that I didn't think were funny because I thought I must be missing something here. Like everyone else is laughing. I must not understand it. And, you know, confirming the story to that I've always believed that I was told that I've been told telling myself that I'm not smart. Um, and in hindsight, of course, thinking about those jokes, I'm like, no, those jokes were not funny. I fully mm. understood them. They just weren't funny to me. Mm. Um, and as I got a little bit older and I got a little bit braver, I started to ask some questions here and there. And what would end up happening often is that I would realize that everyone else or a lot of other people in the room had the same exact question that I had and they just weren't asking it. And, um, that started to give me a little bit more confidence as I was getting older. Um, and I was, uh, in college, I was an English lit creative writing major. Um, and so like later on as, as an adult, I, 
discovered storytelling, I, I came across the thing called the moth. Have you heard of the moth? No, I don't think I have. Um, so it's a big thing in the state. It's not a big thing in the States, but it is. Well, I know what a moth is, but I mean, the right. moth. Yeah. The moth is a storytelling event. It's, I ask because it's, if people have like heard or experienced storytelling, that's usually what they know of. Okay. Um, it, it's sort of this like storytelling event. You can find it in any city across the United States, but it's also on NPR on the radio and there's a podcast. You can listen to it in podcast form. So I discovered this like years ago and, um, it's people getting up on a stage and telling true personal narratives. You've got like five minutes to do it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is my medium side note. I was a really shy kid, but I also like loved to dance and like act and sing and stuff like that. Um, and so I thought, American. Yeah. (laughs) Is that part of the DNA over there? (laughs) Right. It might be. Um, anyway, so I was like, well, this is the medium for me. And I thought, well, one day I'm going to get up on a stage and I'm going to tell a personal story. And I thought, well, I don't have any stories to tell, or my stories are meaningless. They're stupid. No one cares what I have to say. What am I going to talk about? And so it just took me years and years and years. And I eventually um, found a storytelling class here in Chicago. Um, this was, I don't know, like five years ago or something. And I took it and it changed my life. And what ended up happening was I learned that, of course, I have stories to tell because we all have stories to tell because that's all we are, right? We're all just like a bunch of stories. We are constantly telling stories. It's what we're doing right here. It's what we do when we call a friend on the phone. It's what we do around the dinner table. You know, that's all we do is tell stories. Um, And so I like got up on a stage one day and I told a story and, um, I realized that, um, it was create, it was like an instant connection to my audience. Right. Um, and it was like, got, it became, uh, a way for me to be a little bit braver to put myself out there, kind of like asking questions in class. Um, because, you know, not only do we have all these stories to tell, And all we're doing is telling each other stories, but we also obviously tell ourselves a lot of stories. Mm. Um, And oftentimes those are the stories that, you know, we, they're, they're stories that maybe aren't great for our confidence. Mm. Um, They're very one-sided. They're often very like out of proportion, right? Um, We don't want to tell anyone those stories. We don't even sometimes want to think about those stories. We just want to keep them inside because we're afraid that if we actually tell those stories to anyone, um, to a person or to the world, that the world is going to actually confirm what we already believe about ourselves and about those stories that, you know, we're bad, that we're unlovable, um, that, you know, we're unsuccessful, that we're not, that we're unsuccessful. We're not good enough, whatever it is. Um, but in fact, what I learned through getting up on a stage and telling stories is that the opposite is true. It creates, like I said, it creates this like immediate connection with other people. Um, and the reason is that it's sort of, again, like asking questions in class, you know, when I discovered like, Oh wait, there are a lot of other people here who don't know the answer to this and who have this exact same question. When you start talking about your story to other people, you realize, you know, other people may not know, 
um, or may not have experienced the exact details of your story, but they've felt those feelings around it. They've had those emotions, you know, they've felt something similarly. So I always, I often say like, you know, we're not all that unique. Like we're unique in in the details of our stories, but we're not actually all that unique in feelings and emotions that we feel. And, um, which is why, you know, telling your story, listening to other people's stories is the best way to a humanize yourself, humanize other people and create, um, compassion and empathy and peace. And so, um, you know, what I do like with my clients and also like with my podcast, um, you know, is create, this space for people to get vulnerable, um, to get a little comfortable and like sort of, you know, bit by bit begin to reveal a little bit about themselves so much so that like, oftentimes I'll get people coming back to me and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even, I can't believe I said all that. I've never told anybody that I've never talked about that out loud. And they don't feel embarrassed about it or scared. They're like, that was amazing. (laughs) Like that Mm. felt great. And then they go out and I see them like, see them like telling other people these stories or, um, you know, just like letting that energy go. Like you talk about resilience so much, so much on this podcast. Um, and I think that that, like that energy and is the same thing as resilience. Right. Um, it's sort of like currency. Sorry. Yes. No, it's okay. Uh, Given it's a lot to unpack, really. So I'm just th- thinking, where where can we go into this? So um, <laughs> obviously, stories work internally. If you've got an inner voice, not everybody does. So um, some people have to process this differently, and that's that's absolutely fine. So you're talking about, in in some ways, you're talking when you're talking about stories, you're talking about inner narrative, the things we say to self, whether it's affirming or it's destructive and such like, which is which is good. So. And I suppose what you're sort of saying is that um, articulating things out loud is sort of cathartic in a way. So it's like a, so a lot of people use podcasting like a cathartic exercise, don't they? It's like a sort of free form of therapy, isn't it? In the sense that people are sharing themselves. But where does that boundary come between? Because of course, everyone has a public life, a private life and a secret life. And not everybody needs to share their secret life. And um, private life, fair enough, that might be okay. But... There are people who are quite oversharey, if you know what I mean. And uh, sometimes it's quite hard to know that dividing line, isn't it? So sometimes you're sharing things because it's it's because it's important for us in our catharsis. But other times we're sharing things because we think it's useful for other people. But where's the where's the sort of where's the um, I, I was going to say the word censorship, but I don't mean that. That's self-censoring approach to to know what's appropriate to say out loud. Yeah, that's such a good question. And and true um and you know when i say share your story i'm not saying you should go get up on a stage like i do and tell your tell your story to the world you can do that um but what i mean is you know tell your story to um a friend tell it to your Mm -hmm. partner tell it to your therapist tell it you know to your coach um and you can even begin by just saying it out loud alone, you know, cause even just doing that is like releasing it or write it in a journal, yeah. but get it out of your brain in some way. Do you um, think, do you yeah. think some people have a, a sort of a blocker around this? Cause they sort of, they equate a story with a novel or a book or something. So it needs to have a beginning and a middle and an end and a structure and a payoff and a, 
a meet cute and all that sort of other stuff. Uh, whereas actually, I think what you're sort of, are you really talking more about a stream of consciousness in a sense that has, that has something in it? Yeah. I um a stream of con- consciousness. Sure. Put it in whatever way or whatever terms you want to put it. Like mm. I said before, you know, all we do is tell stories. Like mm. we're just made of stories. Um, you know, again, like you, you know, you meet somebody for coffee and what do you do? You tell each other stories. Maybe it's not the most exciting story you've ever heard in, the, in your life, but it's a story. Nonetheless, I think that um, I was listening to one of your episodes from a while ago with Caroline. I'm um, Caroline Smith. Car- okay. Sorry. Harrington Smith. Okay. And, um, and she talks about like, she talked about defining moments and that's how you create resilience. Yeah. Um, and she talks about like, she was talking about, you know, very s- similar thing, but that these big defining moments are sort of how you discover who you are as a person and what you yeah. value and, and your resilience. And I completely agree with her. And I don't think that the story has to be so big. It could be some small little thing that teaches you a huge lesson about yourself, you know, about what you care about. So like what I mean is, um, yeah, so you don't have to like write a novel and you don't have to get up on a stage and you don't have to tell something funny and you don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be all that impactful as long as it's, it's getting this thing out of you. Um, because what we do and everybody does this as humans, you know, we, we, spend so much energy hiding these little bits and pieces about ourselves. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, we're afraid of sharing with the world because we think, oh man, if I share this thing, if they know what I know about myself, they're going to confirm to me that I'm bad for this thing, you know? And so we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it. And what happens is we're, we're spending or wasting so much energy mm. hiding who we really are and what we really care about. And it's sort of like the shame thing, you know, like people talk about shame all the time. Go listen to Brené Brown. She talks about it all the time. You know, the more we like hide and fester our shame, the more it owns us, the bigger it is. And the more we like let it out and talk about it and shine a light on it, it's, the the smaller it becomes and it doesn't weigh us down and it doesn't own us anymore. And we can let it go. We can let go of it and we can, you know, reclaim all of that energy we were using on hiding that to go do the things that we really want to do. You know, it opens up like, A, it gets to the core of who you really are as a person. Mm-hmm. It gets to the core of your identity. It gets to the core of your values and what you really care about versus like what society is telling you what you care about. Um, and once we understand that, we unpack that, then everything gets so much easier, you know, just everything like. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> what's fascinating listening to what you're saying, I'm just thinking that um, part of what's running through in my head is that it's very societally and culturally influenced because if we were in Japan at the moment, there was no way we'd be talking about this. There would be, you know, that that storytelling tradition isn't there. India, perhaps uh, some of the sub sub Asian countries, sub subtropical countries, um, and I just do. I wonder whether part of this has been the cathartic approach that Americans have had about sharing and you know unburdening and such like, and putting things out there. It's sort of the driving of social media is that they need to the need to communicate. But there's also 
a very important thing, which is about privacy as well, which is about the, you don't have to share, you know, um, and, and you make a really interesting point that you tell stories all the time, but and those stories reveal something of yourself. But if you're inherently a private person, not because you're insecure or have self-doubt, but just that you're private, that actually it's okay not to as well. You don't have to join the bandwagon and be pressurized into sharing your story all the time. And I think, I just wonder what you think about that, because I just wonder whether um, people feel a pressure now that they have to communicate and share and such like. And actually, do you know what? Sometimes it's okay not to as well. Absolutely. Of course, you get to pick and choose and Mm. you get to pick and choose who you talk to. Um, And you get to pick and choose how you tell your story, you know, how you speak out. Um, So maybe it is that you're just journaling about it. And that's okay. You have to, you know, as long as you're getting it out to somewhere, some space. So if you're super private and especially people who've never done this before, it's so scary. Um, Even just talking to somebody one-on-one, you know, there, how many people do you know who, you know, have never been to therapy before or who've never seen a life coach before Um, because it's scary and it's hard. I mean, even I go to therapy sometimes and I'm like, what am I going to talk about today? Mm. Um, (laughs) but there's always something to get, to get out there. And, um, a, it gets easier as you do it, as you practice, it gets a lot easier. So for those, so I was an incredible, I was shy. I was an incredibly private person. If you ask any of my friends growing up and, and even into adulthood, they would tell you that I was immensely private, immensely private. And I liked, I sort of liked that about myself. Mm. Um, that was a, source of pride for some reason, because I thought that that was the strong, brave, courageous thing to be, you know, I didn't want to burden other people. I could handle it myself. Mm. Um, but really I was scared and I was embarrassed. Um, and so the more I started opening up, the more I realized, Oh, this is actually an incredibly powerful tool. Um, to and and again like you don't have to get up on a stage like I do and and tell your story but it the more you do it and start by journaling um the more you'll realize the more you'll learn about yourself and the more you'll understand like this I have so much inside of me you know mm-hmm. and this is such an incredibly powerful way to get to the core of who I am to figure out who I am and what I love and what my purpose is on this planet um and so no I don't think you have to like you know, if you're super private, if you're nervous about this, you know, no, you don't have to go out there and tell everybody your story. Um, and, um, but y- you can start small and, you know, they say the, the fastest, most efficient, effective way of, um, of calming your nervous system is interpersonal communication, right? Just Mm. talking to people, telling people like, Hey, I'm having some anxiety today. Mm. I'm feeling scared about this thing. Immediately your nervous system calms down at least a little bit and holding all that stuff inside, as you know, as you and I both know, um, creates all sorts of, um, you know, inflammation and, um, uh, and, you know, disease and all that stuff it we got to get it out it's it's so important but no you don't have to get up on the stage and you don't have to tell the whole world everything about yourself pick and choose how who and how and when do you think there's a um a generational or gender 
construct here that it's more accepted now uh, with millennials, Gen X, Y, Z, whatever comes after that. Without um, question. Without yeah. question, yes. So so you're saying, actually, um, there is, there's a benefit in any age to being able just to express yourself, really. I think that's what you're really saying, isn't it? It's about not holding your... Um, if you want to, it's about not holding your insides in. You can sort of spurt them out a little bit and you know yeah. have conversations with people. But um, and the way you do that might be on a podcast or on stage, but it can just be being friendly with you know social contacts and things as well. That's right. And also, it, you know, a really great like sort of first step into this is to listen to other people tell stories. And what I mean by that is, I mean you can go and you can you know you can turn them off on. But what I really mean by that is start asking questions, you know, ask other people about their lives, ask other people about what they feel about whatever they experience and just listen. I always say vulnerability invites vulnerability, you know, moment somebody else starts to share and actually get a little vulnerable, guarantee you, you're going to want to also. And of course, one of the things you do is you help people podcast as well. So tell us a little bit about how to get in touch with you and the sort of things you get up to. Yeah. So I have my own podcast um, called I Am This Age, and it's about people who've made big life changes beyond 40, that it's never too late and you're never too old. So go do that thing you're always talking about. Um, But really what I'm doing is this, right? I'm getting people to share their share their change stories. So I always say, I love to hear the details of the change story, but what I really want to know about are the you know, thoughts, feelings, insecurities, fears that you felt while going through the change and how you navigated through them. Because that's the, for me, that's the most helpful part. That's the important part. That's the connector between all the listeners, you know? Um, So there's that. I'm also a life coach um, and where I do this type of work. So like I'm, you know, uh, my strength is to create this space where, people can sort of slowly bit by bit start to open up and share their story just to me. And, um, it's so empowering and, you know, everyone I work with clients and also people who I've had on my podcast, I can't tell you how many times they come to me and they're like, you've changed my life. Like I've gone and done all of these things now, just because I understand now that I have something to say and my story is important. It's, it's so powerful. But anyway, so you can find me at um, mollycider.com. Everything is there that you need to find. Yeah. And it's, it's cider with an S, not with a C. Cider with an S and a D. So like apple cider, but with an S instead of a C. Perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. And so, and so I suppose um, as a great storyteller, what's the end of our story today? Um, oh, goodness. It's got to be, and they all live happily ever after, surely? Uh, Yeah, surely, surely. You'll live your most honest, purposeful life. And um, I can't think of a greater success story than that. Brilliant. So thank you so much, Molly. And uh, we'll obviously link to your contact details in the show notes and such. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you today. And uh, thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. And it's certainly you know what you're doing. This I love the resilience thing. It's so important. It's oh, so thank great. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I know you love, love the look of England from my um, screen yes, service. Yes, England looks amazing. I'm going to go lie on its beaches. <laughs> you take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. 
Feedback is always welcomed, and if you are in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.